one of the biggest conviction I had that I want to kind of speak into today is being steadfast in the Lord. And, and when I say steadfast, I don't mean uh, like, like being gung-ho and fired up and going crazy for the Lord. I think a lot of times when you guys imagine me, a lot of people say when they imagine me, they can see me like doing crazy things like busting through a wall or like breaking something or something. Oh, you know. But, but for me, I'm not talking about that kind of steadfastness. I'm talking about the steadfastness that requires you to be still. That requires you to just kind of fight through the seasons that come over your lives. And I think uh, what's so good in this season for me is that, man, God is teaching me how to be steadfast all over again. You know, uh, I've been going running these days. I don't, I don't know why I've been going running these days. Maybe it's just I, I, I feel fat because, you know, I've been just eating a lot during quarantine. Uh, maybe it's because, you know, I feel um, like I need some kind of motivation outside of, of just, you know, uh, uh, eating all the time, right? But um, recently I've been waking up, right, and then going running in the morning. I think like a few times I ran at like 5.30 in the morning for no reason at all. I just woke up and I said, oh, I think I'm going to go running. I woke up at 5.30 and I ran like a couple miles. And then the next day I was like, oh, shoot, it's 6 o'clock. Oh, let's go running. And, I could run. and I've been running for some reason. Uh, I don't know if you guys can tell. Maybe I got, I got a little line going or something again. You know what I mean? But I've been running, right? And, and, and in the beginning, it started off as, as like a maybe I should. Right. So I got up and I ran. And then the second time I felt good about myself for running the first time. So I was like, hey, you know what? Let's run again. That felt kind of good. So I ran. But then after the uh, two or three times, it became like this. Oh, should I run at all? Like I'm tired. You know, I'm sore. My butt is sore from running for some, you know, for the first time in so many years. Right. You know, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, should I run? Should I even go? You know, and then I, I get to that hump. You guys know what I'm talking about? When you guys, when we try to start something, a lot of times we start well, and then we get to that place where we're like, there's that little hump, like, oh, I don't want to, but I, I, I should, but, but what should I do? And, and I had that moment one morning, I woke up and I laid there and I was like, oh. and, and I'm going to be honest with you, a couple of times that I woke up, I laid there, and I looked at Joanne lying down in bed, and I was like, Ah, uh, you're right. Let's go back to sleep. You know, I, I'll go back to sleep. You know what I mean? And, and I'll do that. But then all of a sudden, I fought that desire to rest. I fought that desire to go back to sleep. And I got up, put on my sweatpants and sweater because I wanted to sweat. You know what I mean? And then I go out and I run and run and run. I did it day after day. Now it became something that I actually genuinely enjoy. Can I tell you guys something? There's a difference between a, a, a longing for something and then actually enjoying something. When I first started running, I was longing to run. Like, oh, man, it, it, I think it would be good for me. But then after I kept running and kind of disciplined myself, it became an enjoyment to run. A lot of times, Christianity becomes this weird thing where people start thinking about a, a, a longing and, and, and quibbling it to enjoy it. But let me tell you something, it's completely different. It's completely different from when you long for God and actually enjoy God. And a lot of times what happens is Christianity becomes stuck in this place of longing for God. But we never understand the enjoyment of God. 
But can I tell you, you cannot enjoy the presence of God until you fight through that middle part where it says, man, should I continue? Should I fight? Should I get up? Should I, that moment where you just want to lay down and just kind of not do anything. And I want to kind of read you guys something today. Psalms chapter 37, it goes from verse 3 to 7. We're going to read that together. If you guys have your Bibles, uh, type in hallelujah. If you're there, say hallelujah, praise the Lord. Come on, somebody, whatever it is. But let's get excited for the word of God today. I am stoked to preach today. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the coffee I drink in the morning. But I'm feeling the Lord today. So right now, we're going to read Psalm 37. Verse 3 to 7. If you guys are with me, here we go. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. You be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prosper in his ways, over the man who carries out evil devices. Amen. We're going to stop right there. Let me pray for us and we'll go straight into the message today. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we say right now, God, that we desire to be faithful and steadfast in you, Jesus. Father, we want to fight through the urge to really just give up. We want to fight through the urge to, to that tells us that, that we're too tired or we're too worn out. And Lord, today we want, to, we want to find enjoyment in you once again. We don't want to feel burdened, God. We don't want to feel like this is some work that we need. We want to enjoy you, Jesus. So Lord, today may you speak to us. And Lord, today may you empty me so that you may be illuminated in this very moment. God, speak to us and move in us however you desire. We love you, Lord. We thank you. In the name we pray, amen. Come on, somebody. You know, as I was sharing earlier, that running analogy that I was kind of sharing, when I read this passage uh, as I was preparing and praying for this message today, it spoke to me so uh, 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 deeply and profoundly. This passage right here is, is a passage that David writes, right? King David. You guys know the uh, 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 the big dog, King David, he writes this at his old age. He writes this when he's old now, right? When he's a little wiser. Okay, it's like this, like, uh, uh, can you imagine like, I, I don't know, it's, imagine me or something, right? I'm old. So like, it's, it's an older person, right? It's an older person kind of writing something. And it kind of sounds like he's kind of speaking to a congregation. Because right after this, uh, I don't know if you guys ever read through the book of Psalms, but a lot of it is like, like, like David going like, I love Jesus, or I, I love God to like, oh, I hate like God, where are you? I hate myself too. I love God, you know, to like, um, oh, I suck, and and you, and oh, I love God, you know. It's a lot of it's like that. But then this passage come along when he's a little older, and it seems like he's actually doing a little bit of teaching. And if you guys kind of read on from this point, I encourage you guys to read this whole chapter uh, later on. But when you read this, it talks about uh, evil doers and righteous men. He just keeps going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But it's like this. It says, evildoers, yeah, they're there, but they're not going to last. But godly men and righteous men, they will last. That's like the topic of this whole chapter. Evildoers, they're going to fade away. 
But righteous men, they're going to stay and remain. And when I read that, I was like, damn, dude, okay, that's, that's encouraging. You know, that's, that's real encouraging. You know, and, and I'm reading this passage, I was like, man, I'm getting real encouraged. But something stood out to me in the very beginning, right before he goes into evildoers and, and righteous men, evildoers and righteous men, he writes, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in them and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as a light and your justice says noonday be still before the lord and wait patiently for him and there is this weird but clear thing going on and it's two things it's trusting in the lord i mean it's three things trusting in the lord committing yourself to the lord and being still in the lord and 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 it like spoke to me so deep recently i was like lord have mercy because can I be honest with you? This season has been one of the hardest seasons for me to trust the Lord. It, as a pastor, you, you guys might wonder, man, you're a pastor, bro. That's your job. Your job is to trust the Lord. You know what I mean? But I'm like, dude, I, yeah, I'm a pastor, but I'm a human being. You know what I mean? Like there are moments where I'm like, man, it's so hard to trust the Lord. When I look on the news and I see all these things and, and I see like, like, you know, when I freaked out, they're like, there's an inflammatory, inflammatory disease that is linked to COVID that's attacking just little babies. I was like, what the freak is going on, bro? The enemy coming against Roman? We're about to scrap right now. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, holy crap, you know? And, 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 and I'm like, Lord, what is this, bro? Like, it's not enough to just do COVID. It's got to be that crazy inflammatory disease. You know, and, and then all of a sudden I look around and I, I, see, I see members of, of my friends and, and their families losing jobs. And I'm like, God, what, what is, what is, what's going on? And, and I see my dad not going to work for a long time. And I'm like, well, what's going on? And, and there's all these things coming against us in the season that could come against our trust in the Lord. And then it says this, it says, it says, delight yourself and commit your ways to the Lord. But guess what? If you don't trust in the Lord, it is hard to commit yourself in the Lord. Right? And then it says this, it says, be still before the Lord. But who knows? If you don't trust the Lord, you can't commit yourself to the Lord. If you can't commit yourself to the Lord, how are you going to stay still before the Lord? And I'm like reading this and I'm like, God, this is crazy talk right here for a lot of believers in this season that cannot trust you. How can we do this? And I realized that he answers the majority of these right in the passages. I want to kind of break it down for you. And the first part says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. How do we trust in the Lord? How do we trust the Lord? It's by dwelling in the land and befriending faithfulness. I know it sounds weird. You're like, man, what? Like, how can I be faithful? But this is what it's saying. It's taking back to that running analogy. There's going to be a point where it's so hard to make that turn in your faith. There's going to be a point where you're like, man, I want to give up. There's going to be that point where you're like, man, I want to quit. 
there's going to be that point where you're like, man, I, I, I don't want to run today. I don't want to fight today. I don't want to pray today. I don't want to read today. But here's what it is. God is saying, remain in that place and befriend faithfulness so that you can fight through that urge and get to the place of enjoyment. A lot of times what happens is when we get to that place of, man, I don't want to, we give up and say, then I won't. But this is saying, hey, you know what? Stay in that place. Stay in that place and fight through that place so that you may find what it really means to be faithful. You know that, you know that phrase right here, befriend faithfulness? It's such a poetic word. I was like, befriend faithfulness. Come on, somebody. I was like, this is, this is good stuff. I never heard it like that before. I, I've heard fight for faithfulness. Hey, practice faithfulness. Make sure you, 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 you get yourself to this place of faithfulness. Make sure you, 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 you practice and, 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 and get consistent to this faithfulness. But this, you know, what, you know what he says? You know what David says? He says, befriend faithfulness. And I'm like reading this and I'm like, dang, God, I want to befriend faithfulness. You know what that means? Well, you know what that means? It's saying, enjoy faithfulness. Like faithfulness. If you befriend someone, you don't befriend someone because you hate them. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you're not evil like that, like where you are. Oh, I, got, I got to befriend. Like, yeah, you love your enemies, but you don't go like, okay, I'm going to befriend them. So then, you know, like, you, it's just not your nature, right? You don't, you don't go like, oh, I hate you, so you got to be my friend. You know what I mean? You don't do that, right? But you befriend someone because you enjoy them. You befriend someone because you like them. You befriend someone because you enjoy their company. So what is God saying in this very moment? He's saying befriend faithfulness, enjoy faithfulness. Like faithfulness. Like the company of faithfulness. Now when I run, guys, I do it because, man, it gives me such joy that I'm running. Period. Another day on the road. There's no feeling like it when you're running and there's those seasoned runners. You see them with the, you know, track suits or whatever. They're wearing like the real nice clothes. You know they run every day and they give you that nod. They're like, and you're just like, yeah. There's no feeling like that. But I realized I can't get there without what? Enjoying the consistency of my run. I will never understand that until I enjoy getting up every day, enjoy getting out of my house every day, enjoy taking that first step every day. Let me tell you, faithfulness needs to be befriended. It's not to be done begrudgingly. Faithfulness has never, has never been called to be done begrudgingly. Too many believers try to perform faithfulness begrudgingly, but God is calling you to perform faithfulness willingly. Come on, somebody. That was good stuff. And then it says this. In verse 5, it says, Commit your ways to the Lord and trust in them, and he will act. He will act. Not hack. I don't know why I said hack. He will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as light and your justice as the noonday. It's saying whatever you do, no matter what you do, no matter what you are and where you are in life, that you 
trust and commit everything you do to God and he will, he will act. You know, I, I think the hardest part of being a believer is believing this. I don't know about you, but I, I've, been, I've been in the church for a long time. And one of the biggest obstacles that I have to face in my spiritual walk is this right here. It's this, that I commit myself and everything and I have to, I have to trust that he's still, he's going to do something with it. You don't know how many times, guys, when I first started ministry, I, I, I completely didn't believe this. I was like, Lord, but this is too hard, man. I'm giving it everything I have. I'm, I'm, I'm trying so hard. I'm praying every day. I'm like reading. I'm, like, I'm committing my life to you every day. You know, why aren't you doing anything? Why are you not? Why, you know? And I, I'll wrestle with this every single day. When I'm like, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of times, you know, like you would think pastors go to sleep smiling, thanking the Lord. But there are so many, so many times where I lay down and I said, Lord, what the heck is going on? I don't understand. There are times where I'll lie in bed and I'll just stare at the blank ceiling, like literally like, what the heck is going on? And, and I'll just fight and fight and fight and fight and fight and fight and fight. And what will happen is it will be so hard for me to say, I will, I will commit my ways to you, Lord, and I will trust you because you will act. It was so hard for me to say it. And then, and then, but then I, I forget this part. It says in verse six, it says, he'll bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. You know what that means? It will happen no matter what. The day passes no matter what. The noonday comes no matter what. It's season to season from day to day. Just as God's mercy is new every day, his righteousness is new every day, and his life for you is new every day. Let me tell you something right now. What's crazy about this, when it says commit your ways to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. It is saying, yes, when you commit yourself, you might fall short. When you commit yourself, you might feel weak. When you commit yourself, you might feel like what you're doing is not working. But guess what? I will act, and I will use your commitment to bring light onto this world. Man, that is some powerful stuff. When I read this, man, I was like, God, this is crazy stuff. That means even when you feel like what you're doing in this season is not amounting to anything, God is counting every single time you commit to, and he's getting ready to act upon that commitment. Do you feel discouraged that nothing you're doing is working? Do you feel like, man, you're stuck in this place where you're like, man, I'm committing every day, but God, I don't see through. God, I'm committing every day, but God, I don't see anything. Let me tell you right now, you trust. Yes, maybe your commitment is weak, but guess what? God's promises and God's act upon your life is still yet to come, and it will come like the noonday. Man, that is encouragement to the mass. I got so, I'm getting encouraged by myself right now. Come on, somebody. This is good stuff. I need people to understand this right now, that right now, God is going to come through, and he is going to move, and he is going to answer what you desire. And maybe it's not going to look like your way. Maybe it's not going to look like it's right now. But guess what? The promise is that it will come. It will come. And that he will act upon it. That means your commitment 
is the starter of God's acting. It's the starter of God moving. Your commitment to him will move God to act. That is crazy stuff. And then lastly, it goes like this. It says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his ways, over the man who carries out evil devices. Let me read that one more time because I think this is going to speak to a lot of us in this room. It says this, be still, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for, for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his ways, over the man who carries out evil devices. You know, this right here, this right here, I think has been the, 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 the reoccurring thing that I've been hearing over and over again. I think this right here has been the one thing that, that, that's been kind of being told every, every, everywhere. Like literally every church is preaching on it. Every pastor is preaching on it. Pastor Elmer is preaching on it. I think I mentioned it. Like, like, you know, like this, this right here, I think, I think has been this overwhelming like, conversation over this Christian community. And I realized it's because before the quarantine, this was the hardest thing. I don't know about you, but before this whole COVID thing happened, I couldn't stay still for my life. <laughs> I think right now, even now, uh, um, some people in their homes, they're dying because they're, they, they're, they have to stay still. They're like, oh God, like, I need to do something. I need to get out. I need to meet my friends. I need to go to a cafe. I need to go and, and buy, a, buy avocado toast that's, that's, that, that costs $8. You know, I, I, need to, I need to do something. I need, you, I, I need, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, I, I got to do something, you know? And, and I think right now, the reason why this has been an overwhelming thing that's, that's kind of uh, sweeping through the churches is because God has given us an opportunity to actually be still in this season. Like in the past, it was so hard for us to be, be still, but, but guess what? Right now you have to be still <laughs> like it's called stay at home for a reason. You got to stay home and be still, you know what I mean? Like, you... but then I, but then I read this and I was, and, and, and it, it gives me encouragement because it says be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his race, over the man who carries out evil. And, and, and I think right now this is a word of encouragement for some of you guys. Is that you don't have to do anything. A lot of times believers feel like, man, if I'm not doing this or that. Man, man when I feel stuck, you know, I do whatever I can. I feel like, man, when, when, whenever I hear some Christians talk, they always say, man, I, I feel like I'm stuck in this place. Do you have a book recommendation? Do you got, you got a sermon I could watch? You got, a, you got a, a, a preacher I could turn to? You got someone I could speak to? You got, you know, you, you got time for this. You got time for that. You got, can you do this? And I'm like, man, look, this, this, this is all good and all. But guess what? You know what it says? It says, even in your brokenness, even in when you feel stuck, even when you feel like you can't trust God, even when you feel like you can't commit to God, even when you feel like, man, you're in this place, this funk, where you're just like, you just feel kind of stuck. It's 
It says, God does not say, man, you better work it out so that I may come and rescue. You better kind of climb that ladder to me. You better climb those stairways to heaven. It says this. He says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Can I tell you right now, our nation is the worst at being patient with anything. Our society is the worst at being patient at every, anything. Man, if my Wi-Fi doesn't work, I go berserk because I'm like, man, why is this thing too slow? Man, if someone says, I'm going to bring your Uber Eats in 30 minutes and they bring it in 35, guess what? I'm like, what the heck, bro? You're five minutes late. You know, like, it's always like, boom, boom. We need something right away. But guess what? God, his principle is that we be still and be patient before him. That is a quality that a lot of Christians lack. And I'm sorry to say, a lot of believers do not know how to be still. Still? But guess what? They don't know how to be patient either. You know, a lot of times what happens is we be still in urgency. It's, it's really weird. Like, I, some Christians do it. Like, it's just the truth. Like, they go like, I want to be still so God can meet me. And you're just like. And then when God doesn't meet you in your own time, you go, what the heck, God? I was still. Did I not wait? Did I, was I not just sitting there? Was I not? But that's the sad truth, isn't it? But the second part is this. is this be still. And be patient. And that's not an easy word to swallow. It's not an easy word to take in. But if something, if, if I learned anything during this COVID-19 crisis, is that without patience, I cannot see God. Without patience, I cannot hope in God. Without patience, I cannot believe that he will deliver me. Because there are times where I'm still, but I feel stuck. There are times where I'm still, and I feel like nothing is moving in my life. But a principle that we need to understand in this season is that we need to be patient. Because a relationship with Christ is a relationship. It's not a systematic religion. You know, this past week, we had this one uh, great apologist, man. I think greatest apologist in the 20th century. This guy, he, he blows my mind. His name is Ravi Zacharias. And he... he I think one of the greatest communicators of what it just genuinely looks like to study and know God, right? And he says this, he says, when you come to religion, you come to a place. But he says, when you come to Jesus Christ, you come to a person. So when I read this, a lot of times, those who come to religion will say, man, I have to be still and be patient because then something's going to happen. But for those who come to Jesus, you come to the person of Jesus and you stay in the presence of God. You stay still and you wait patiently for a person, for a king, for the Lord of Lords. And that should change perspective. 
that is not a systematic thing that we do. We don't just do this to get answered prayers. We do this to meet the King of Kings. We don't do this to just, just see our lives come together. We do this because we want a relationship with Jesus. Doesn't that change perspective? Why do we be, why are we still? Why do we wait patiently? It says we wait patiently for him. It says we wait patiently for him. Can't tell you, brothers and sisters, this passage did not come on to David over just some revelation that the Lord spoke. I think this whole thing that we just read was his life. And I want to read you guys something on Psalm 27. I'm going to read from verse 1 through 14. I want you to kind of follow along with me. We're going to end very soon. I'm going to wrap all this up real quick. Psalm 27, verse 1 through 14, it says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Oh, whom shall I fear? Be afraid of. When the evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Just like what we talked about, how he goes from evildoers to righteous men. He's kind of, I think he was kind of referring to this very moment, okay? And then it says, Though an army encamps against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arises against me, yet I will be confident. And here's the part I want you to pay attention. It says, One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the days of trouble. He will conceal me under the covers of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melodies to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer to me. You have said, seek my face, my heart says to you. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Shall not your face, uh, hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. Oh, who have been my help? Cast me not off. Forsake me not. Oh, God of my salvation, for my father and my mother have not forsaken me, have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your ways, O Lord, and lead me on a level of path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. It says this, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Waiting for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. I don't know if you guys kind of caught the parallel. In Psalm 27 and Psalm 37. You know, David, being this old man, writes Psalm 37, and I think he's thinking about his whole life. About the times where he was anointed as king and he still had to wait so many years 
to actually become a king. And on the way, he got spears thrown at. On the way, he got literally hunted down. On the way, he got betrayed. On the way, he got all these things. And he becomes a king. And he all of a sudden, he falls into this adulterous life. And then all of a sudden, he ends up murdering somebody because of it. And then all of a sudden, he has sons. And they're coming against him. And he loses his first son. And he goes, oh, there's all these things happening in his life. And I'm sure by, by verse uh, uh, chapter 37, he's thinking about his life. And, and for a man who's been through so much with God, I don't know about you, if, if I went through so much with God, right? I, 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 I will literally bring forth to God, God, remember the times you anointed me and you said, psych, you're going to wait for like, huh, like, like millions of years because, because, you know, I need to refine you. Remember that God, you don't remember the time where, where I had to be a shepherd after you put the oil on my head, I still have to go back to the smelly shepherd, you know, and, and, and with the sheets. And remember the times where I got spears thrown at me when I was trying to just, just worship. Remember the time and I was seeing all these things, but, but this guy looks on his life, looks back to his life and, and the goodness of God. And I think he was thinking about this very moment when everything was kind of going into this crazy uh, cyclone of, of a life. All of a sudden he thinks and says, man, God has always been good. God has always come through. God has always shown up. It may not be in the time that I wanted him to. It may not have been immediate, but God has always shown up. And in chapter 27, you see this guy go from this place of just proclaiming who God is. And all of a sudden, he goes into this place where he starts proclaiming it over himself. He says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Let me tell you right now, guys, if you feel stuck, if you feel like you're in that place where it's just getting too hard. When you first said yes to God, it felt like when I get up for that run, my first walk, I was like, man, dude, it feels real nice. You know, I, I, I ain't gonna lie, the first run, it was hard, but afterwards I was like, dang, that felt, that was good. And that carried me to my next one. I was like, okay, dude, that felt good like yesterday, so I'm going to run today, you know? And, I, and then that run carried me to the, but guess what? Your past experiences will only carry you so far. When I kept going back to the past day saying, oh, that felt good, so let me try it the next day. It didn't last. It only lasted about three runs. And then on the fourth one, I was like, oh, forget this crap. I'm going to sleep. But it wasn't until I kind of got out of that moment of wanting to give up and kind of step into that place of faithfulness and commitment that I started actually enjoying my runs. But guess what? There's an answer for you if you feel stuck. Because let me tell you, life is harder than running in the morning. Even though running in the morning is pretty hard. Life is a lot harder. And a lot of times, we just don't have the strength for it. A lot of times, we just don't have the strength to go over that hump. Maybe some of you guys needed to hear today to stay faithful. Maybe some of you guys needed to hear today to commit yourself to God. Because let's be honest, we're all in different stages of life. 
But maybe some of you guys here today need to hear just to wait. To wait on the Lord. Because he is faithful. To wait on the Lord because he will not abandon. To wait on the Lord because he is able. To wait on the Lord because he is someone that genuinely cares and loves you. You know, I want to challenge us with this today. That no matter where you feel like you land today, whether you felt like God is calling you to a place of, of really trusting him once again, or maybe God is calling you to commit yourself to him once again, or maybe you just feel super weak right now where you're like, man, I just, I can't do it. I would say this, it's okay to just stay still. It's okay to just wait. Just don't give up. And fight this good fight that God has placed before you. Because you will have a day like David. You will have a day like David where he's trying to convince himself as a young man that God is still good. I need to cling on. I need to fight. Believe it. You know what I mean? Like he's like telling himself, I believe, you know, like there's so much stuff happening in my life, but I still believe, I still believe God to a place where now he's older and he's saying, man, God is good. God is faithful. God does show up. You will have that day. I promise you. There's no doubt in my mind. But you will have to go through that hump. You will have to go fight those urges. You will have to fight that moment. Whether you're fighting is waiting, whether you're fighting is trusting, whether you're fighting is committing, you will have to fight through that hump. And at the end of it, I could promise you, you will have testimonies like David, where you will say, God is faithful. And God will always be faithful. That tells me that struggles and famine and difficulties is an invitation for faithfulness. So God is inviting all of us in this season to faithfulness. So let's stay faithful, church. It doesn't mean you go crazy and and hit up your whole block and knock on every door. (laughs) It just means Staying in Christ Jesus. Well, who knows? Maybe some of you guys call might convict you. But for those of us who are hurting, for those of us who are weak, your faithfulness looks like staying still in God. Your faithfulness looks like patience. Your faithfulness looks like waiting. Because he will do it when we can't. I don't know where you are right now in your faith. I don't know how you're doing specifically. Most of you guys, I feel like I haven't spoken to you or seen you in person in a long time. 
But I'll say this right now, that I believe no matter where you're at, God, God is doing something in your life. Whether we see it or not, whether we feel like, man, it's been too hard or, or we feel too far, God is doing something.